The nature of work has been changing for a long time, thanks in part to constantly improving remote and other technologies, including online collaboration software. Now the pandemic has changed how government employees and their managers often think about telework. For one example, we turn to the top guy at the Homeland Security Science and Technology Directorate, Bill Bryan. Mr. Bryan, good to have you on. Hello, Tom, and thanks for having me on your show today. Science and technology, I guess, is maybe not an operational aspect of Homeland Security. It's a lot of research and grant making and so forth. So is it fair to say that most of the people there are teleworking and have been since this whole thing descended on us? Yes, Tom. Actually, since the beginning of mid-March is when we really started to do teleworking in mass outside of uh, the folks working in our labs, uh, they have to go to work every day. They don't have that opportunity. And I, I also want to give a shout out to a vast majority of the folks in the Department of Homeland Security. As you know, it's a law enforcement agency, and many of those don't have this opportunity. They're on the front lines each and every day uh, having to put themselves at risk just because of the nature of the work that they do. But uh, in S&T, a large portion of our workforce is able to do that. And you yourself, for a long time, a member of the Army, soldier, and then you have had a fairly long federal career uh, following the Army in the Energy Department and other places. What what did you think of the whole telework idea? I was never a fan of teleworking, particularly for myself. Uh, not so much the workforce, but initially I had to get over that. I didn't think I would be disciplined enough, frankly, uh, to, to go to work in my home each and every day. Uh, and, and I've learned that, you know what, I, I can actually do this, and I can actually find that my productivity uh, has increased dramatically. You know, I was commuting four and a half hours a day uh, both ways round trip uh, when I was going into the office. That has now turned into actually work time, and I, and I did find that once I section off a piece of my home as my work office, um, I'm able to conduct business just like I'm in the office. So for me, I'm now a believer and and I, I see the value in it, and I'm actually impressed as I look across our workforce in S&T of the productivity that's coming out of our workforce. And are you aware of or at least tuned in to some of the technological investments or changes or updates that the, the IT people had to do to enable all of your people to, to work this way? Oh, absolutely. Microsoft Teams is a platform that we use within our organization to, to visually connect, and, and I can't stress how important that visual connection is. Uh, I think if we were doing this via phone conferences all the time, it would be a very different picture. But we're able to really connect with people at a much different level. Seeing people in their homes uh, really just increases and, and enhances that personal relationship. And also communications and collaboration. You know, three years ago, I don't believe this organization would have been able to do this as effectively as it is today, only because we weren't structured that way. But we went through a restructuring. Uh, we were much more matrixed, and we had to depend on each other across the organization. And so when we went to this teleworking and using Microsoft Teams, the communication and the collaboration, where well, the collaboration was already there, the Microsoft Teams made that communication much more, much more robust. And it just really opened up a lot of opportunities for us within the organization. And, and frankly, it was important for me to make sure that people just didn't feel isolated. So we st we've also offered through that visual tool, opportunities for wellness programs like yoga. We have weekly community comfort and chat calls. We had uh, work-life balance workshops. We even have water cooler meetings where people can just come together and, and just chat and almost like have a happy hour after the workday. So it's, it's really opened up a lot of opportunities for us. Sure, I guess on video teleconferencing, it's hard to tell whether someone's got water or something stronger in that class. Could be vodka, for all we know. <laughs> 
true. And yeah, yeah I was going to ask about that in more detail. You've answered a lot of it, and that is there is evidence that for at least a certain portion of the population, some loneliness can set in, even with all of the screen time. So it sounds like you're thinking of the psychic side of people working remotely as well as the business and technical sides. Yes, personal employee satisfaction, work-life balance, job satisfaction is, is so important to me. People have a lot of challenges during this time, and I don't have to restate them all. We see, look around, and we see all these challenges. But we're dealing in environments now where there are so many different guidelines and rules being put out by so many different jurisdictions. And within S&T, we don't just have Washington, uh, Virginia, and Maryland to think about, but we also have uh, some folks in West Virginia or Pennsylvania, and, and all those jurisdictions are very different. And so for me, it was really important to, to try to take the work environment and lessen the stress, so to speak, on the employees and allow them to really be able to build a life and a structure their home around being able to do this effectively and efficiently while still maintaining and, and managing their family and all the other responsibilities that are now thrust on them that in the beginning they didn't have. Got it. We're speaking with Bill Bryan. He is the senior official at the Homeland Security Department's Science and Technology Directorate performing the duties of the undersecretary. And what I wanted to ask about, too, in particular is, can you measure productivity? Can you measure output? Is there some way you can tell how it's going at the macro level in terms of agency and mission performance? Oh, absolutely. At the macro level, our biggest metric is customer satisfaction. And, and I'm getting tremendously positive feedback from our customers, those that we actually work programs and projects for, and we haven't skipped a beat. In fact, we're actually more efficient and effective in doing the work that we're doing. And that's the macro level. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it really is a supervisor's responsibility to manage the micro side of things to ensure that the productivity is coming out of each and every one of their team members. But we are seeing some incredible numbers, uh, number one, the growth in our job satisfaction is on the rise with an S&T. Uh, with our own internal polling and, and looking at how job satisfaction is within the organization, we've gone up 30% in just under a year. That's an incredible change in just one year. We're also seeing uh, vast improvements in our external collaboration and coordination with industry. Uh, we had industry days on a regular basis, and normally at our industry day efforts, we'll have maybe 70 or 80 participants. We had over 500 on the last one. We've had technology workshops where we normally would have 100 people participate. We're now seeing seven or 800 participate. And I think part of that reason, I think, is because we now as a government are adjusting to this video world that industry has probably been doing for a long time. And, and now that we've embraced it, we're comfortable in it, we know how to work in it, uh, we're now attracting many more folks into our, into our circle of influence and allowing us to really get technology solutions out much faster than we were before. Well, then the question becomes, why would you bring anybody back to the office after numbers and performance and activities like that? Uh, Tom, you know, that's a great question. And uh, that is really in the forefront of all the minds of all the leaders who are now going through this period of time. It, for me, it's about managing risk. And I'm perfectly comfortable managing my own risk, my health risk, so to speak. But I'm not as comfortable managing the health risks of all my individuals that work for me and, and forcing them to put themselves in a place that, that we could actually create a much safer work zone for them. So for me, number one, we have to be able to accomplish our mission. We have to be able to do that. That's what the taxpayers pay us for. So we have to have mission accomplishment. Secondly, we need, to do, we need to work that and do that as safely as possible for the personnel involved. So 
what we're doing uh, is we're taking a very serious look at what the future of our workforce, and we call it a distributed workforce, and what that's going to look like. I've already told my folks that if they needed to relocate anywhere in the country because they have special needs, whether that's uh, child care needs or children with special needs or they have uh, uh, relatives that they need to take care of and they're not necessarily in the area, if they could do that and remotely work in that location, I'm allowing them to do that. Uh, and and I'm not uh, I'm not looking right now to bring people back anytime soon. In fact, we're looking probably in the future to have a minimum of 50% of our folks teleworking. That's a minimum. And I'll tell you, this is an opportunity uh, for folks to do this. And it doesn't that opportunity doesn't always come across the same with everybody. Some people like that. Some people don't like that. Um, but we have to create a work environment uh, that is really going to benefit the employee, keep the employee safe and allow them to manage that work-life balance that they need to have, especially in an environment where they can't control when their kids go to school or if they can go to school, or if they're taking care of a vulnerable person at home, an elderly parent or relative, or so to speak, or a child that may be a vulnerable population. So what I'm trying to do is minimize that risk and that worry of the work life uh, so they can actually take care of those. And I'm finding that doing that is giving us a much more productive workforce. So why would I want to change it? At this point, I got to tell you that I really don't want to change it. At some point, we may be forced to have to make some adjustments, but uh, I can assure you that going forward, we're going to have a significant number of our workforce that are going to be uh, teleworking or, or working as a distributed workforce going forward. And a final question, do you see this or do you envision some way in which this could affect the real estate needs of the agency and that you might need not only less space, but different space configured for the reality as you envision it in the future. Again, another great point, Tom. And, and I'm not looking at this financially. I think at this point, no one's really looking at it financially. But I think that potentially could be a cascading benefit of, of looking at this new distributed workforce. Uh, because if I'm able to go into a workspace and have at least half of my people uh, teleworking, I need half the workspace. And so as we're looking, I know that is being discussed. I know that uh, people are always moving around and changing offices and, and letting new contracts and leases expire and, and generate new ones in different buildings. Um, we ourselves were supposed to relocate in, in 2023, but, but even those plans now are being relooked as to what is going to be our future space requirement. So, so absolutely, I think first and foremost, though, it's about the safety of the individual, but I think a cascading benefit is going to be a saving of dollars for the taxpayer. Bill Bryan is the senior official at the Homeland Security Department's Science and Technology Directorate performing the duties of the undersecretary. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate the opportunity. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week. So patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.